sobrang crazy. Have you seen the pictures? For free comic book day, it's insane. I've stopped going since like a couple of years back because of the line. Yeah, there's like there's just like bitter old guys. Oh, only the purists should go. Blah 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 blah. Parang really reserve comic book day for the comic book day. No, what? The point of the event is to introduce it's people. Yeah, introduce new it's, it's it's a problem. You know, we we should be recording this. Are we recording? We are recording. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. The, the the problem is, you know how in the last episode when we were talking to Dev, Dev and I kept making jokes about how we are fake fans. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's just this odd feeling of spending so much time and like brain capacity yeah. thinking about the things that you love and like doing stuff for it because you know we don't earn money from this we, we just love doing it but yeah. like for some reason we can never fully get a, some sort of status that we are like true fans of that thing yeah that's true. because we don't memorize all of the details mm. what is up with that like what is so bad with being like Casual about something. Exactly. I remember being roasted about like um, I shared on Facebook the the family trees of everyone in Avatar. Okay. And I totally forgot this very important detail that which is uh, uh, Roku is the Roku is the ancestor of the the current um, Fire Lord. Okay. So basically, like, uh, and I was like. I totally forgot that that was a thing and I was like, when did this happen? And people were like, you're not a true fan. And I was like, what does that mean? Have you even... Is that is oh this on Tumblr? No, 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 it's on Facebook. Oh like, my god. Right? I have that scenario. So we have this... I joined this Gundam group. Okay. And then the name is just Gundam. Okay. But the URL is Angry Gundam Group. Oh my gosh. So it's... it's Angry Gundam? As in like angry, aggressive, or whatever. No, no, angry. Angry, angry. Ah, okay. angry Gundam, okay. But you know, it's although I've lasted there for how long? Four years, almost four years this okay. year. And then it's ano, it's either it's either a meme page, or it's either it's a purist page for the most part. Oh, okay. Yes. I hate it when Although it's although although they're ano, it's like. There's this alternate universe people. There's the original timeline Universal Century people. And oh just, my god. Uh, Multiverse and, and then when someone asks, what series should I watch first? <laughs> that's where shit hits the fan. <laughs> and then that's the, the question is always, where the hell do you start with Gundam? So I'm oh my god. I want to watch this. I want to see As once upon a time, a fan of Doctor Who, I understand this problem exactly. Yeah, uh, wait, which one did you start with? So Doctor Who. Here's the thing, right? I watched um, Matt Smith. Okay. And then I before because I was advised to watch Matt Smith first from start to finish, and then go back to David Tennant, and then go back to four. So David Tennant was before Matt Smith. Huh? David Tennant is in. Yeah, David Tennant is before Matt Smith, okay. and then there was another one before that. Um, and then after Matt Smith, um, it's uh, Peter Capaldi. The, the most recent doctor, yeah? Yeah, before the female one. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the timeline. And a lot of people, when they want to introduce someone to, to um, getting into Doctor Who, they usually advise getting Matt Smith first. Ah. Because of the fact that it's easy to enjoy. But a lot of a lot of people are like, no, start from start from David Tennant. Mm-hmm. So there there's kind of like an internal debate. 
and I'm more familiar with David Tennant as Uncle Scrooge for some reason. <laughs> He's the new Uncle Scrooge to DuckTales because yeah. Alan Young, the original voice, passed away recently, like two or three years ago. So they had to find a new voice for Uncle Scrooge. They have an American voice who does the YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. And then they have David Tennant who does the DuckTales series. What does Alex Hirsch's girlfriend do in DuckTales? She's a, she used to be there, but I think she has her own show now. She's an animator at DuckTales that day. What does she like? She has her own show now. I th- she has an own show coming, but a lot a bunch of shows are gonna be canceled soon. So Star Wars: The Forces of Evil is ending with season four, so not bad. Good run, four seasons. Excuse me, four seasons for such a good show. I mean, I haven't even finished more than like a couple of episodes, and I'm like, this is good. Yeah, but four seasons is a pretty good run. Think about it. For for a TV series. I I get you, I get you, but think about the fact that SpongeBob is 20 years old. No, but the thing with SpongeBob is there's no continuity. That's why why it can run for so long. Because it's non-serial. Exactly. So if it's a a serial with, you know, connected, excuse me, connected episodes. It can only go for so long. Exactly. Like Gravity Falls, I felt like Yes, they did rush the Gravity Falls though. No, no, it's not. No, no, no. They only it, had two seasons. They only had two. But that was that was intentional on Alex's part when he started it because there's a there's actually a very nice like panel interview mm-hmm. um with Rebecca Sugar, Alex Hirsch. Butch Hartman. Butch Hartman and Craig Craig McCracken. Yeah, Powerpuff Girls. Girls and his wife. I saw that. From yeah. Lori Faust, yeah. My my favorite that's my favorite panel interview of like probably all time, I was crying at the end of it. It was so nice because, well, for one, now we understand that really the contrast between the leadership styles of Alex Hirsch and Rebecca Sugar, the way that Rebecca Sugar learned from Pendleton yeah. and um, and like everyone in their their um, generation of animators like Pat McHale and everyone else, but um, they come from a storyboard style, and that's the new thing era of western cartoons yeah like purely storyboard driven purely storyboard driven which is something that Steven Universe fans like kind of hate that we all but it's it's sort of a secret wish that even though it turned out to be like an amazing thing in part of the writers it's also an annoying thing and we kind of wish that she also took a more like Alex Hirsch route which was as you explained in that panel interview very rigid very like I control the story I control everything end to finish actually that's what I did notice in Steven Universe so the, the story keeps on changing throughout like okay, I'm only in season 2 or season 3 but mm-hmm. why does it keep on like going from this point to another and it just keeps on like mixing up it's it's trying to compromise you know how in hello mic check <laughs> yeah, right. it's trying to um, serialize cartoon stories yeah. and the way that it used to air Standalone. Standalone, like if you watch any sort of episode in any order and they replay you like SpongeBob, then you're gonna be fine. I watched Dexter's Lab with no problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every everybody did. Dexter's Lab had wait, did they have continuity? Which one? Dexter's Lab. At at one point it did. No, no, no. They didn't. Never. They the yeah. Like Rugrats had more continuity than Dexter's Lab. I think Rugrats was intentionally it was serialized, not, I think. No, it was not serialized. There was no story. The Wild Thorn Berries was more serialized. Yeah, the Wild Thorn Berries had one more, but it was still 
written in a way that if you watch any episode, you'll be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are only a few episodes where you have to connect the the, the, the first one to the next one. Yeah. Would so, you, like, mm-hmm. if you if you are familiar, like the way that Adventure Time was written. Yes, there's like a lore that you need to piece together an entire backstory and like um, something that is revealed in this episode won't make sense unless you watch like five seasons ago or whatever yeah. but it was still such a weird random show about people having fun and making weird noises on screen and that was it that's why you can watch it even without the actual order yeah without the actual order but the thing is if you watch Steven Universe start to finish um, in that order you can see that intentionally the towny episodes we don't call them fillers we call them towny episodes things that happen with like the casual members in the town like the guy who ran for mayor and everything yeah like mayor doing whatever um those casual episodes, they're actually not filler. A lot of them had like something dropped in the middle. And like it connects like in the future. It's extra lore, guys. It's extra lore. Like I was reviewing earlier on, like the reason why I'm late for the, the podcast today, I was watching I was re-watching an episode from I think season one. Mm-hmm. It was called Steven and the Stevens. And oh, the island of Stevens? No, no, that's Watermelon Island. Okay. Steven and the Stevens was the episode where he finds the legendary glass of time, which is like a time turner. Okay. And they were looking for it in the sea spire, um, which only shows up every, like every couple hundred years or something like that. Okay. And um, what do you call this? So Steven goes in the sea spire. They're looking at all of these art glasses, and he's like. Oh, look at this tiny one. It's so cute. It's probably the one that we're looking for. And Pearl goes in, it's like, no, it's too important. It should be like something grand and elegant. Which is, at the end of it, foreshadowing about how we predict who Pink Diamond is gonna be. Like, we all think it's gonna be like this big character, but actually it's the tiny one. And it's like right in front of you. And then Steven and the Stevens continue with him singing about um, don't travel back to the past Um, and I learned something about myself by watching myself die Mm. which is the entire plot of the latest episode which revealed Pink Diamond so Mm. like if anybody isn't caught up yet this is not a safe episode this is a spoiler (laughs) this is is, I, I am going to destroy um, Stephen and Jude's experience forever. It's fine. It's fine. You know, we get spoiled, but we still wait for the actual execution to happen, and it's still magic. Yeah, and as I have learned this morning, apparently Jude does not do well with like keeping up with series anyway. So yes, fine. I might as well. If if there was any way, if there was any reason for the hindrance in my watching schedule, it has to be me playing games. Mm-hmm. I follow Gundam, so. Yeah, I guess it's a success. <laughs> Congratulations. So, what do you guys know about Steven Universe? Like, if you can tell me the story in your own words, what would it be? What do you know about it? Gay Space Gems protecting another Gay Space Gems kid, who turns out isn't that gay because he's bi. Tama ba? Bi is still pretty gay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, I'm bi. A gay, yeah, a Gay Space Gem protecting another 
a bunch of gay space gems protecting a gay space gems kid because that kid is supposed to be important to the universe or something. And why is he important? Because he's going to bring peace to the space gems world or something? I know Steven is like some, you know, intergalactic savior. <laughs> the Larry Stew of the universe. The Larry Stew of the universe. But he's actually pretty, like, I've been thinking of what's the opposite of Mary Sue for like the past few weeks. Larry Stu, like Optimus Prime. I've been I've been thinking Larry, Mary Sue, Mary Sue. What's the opposite? And Larry Stu. Yeah, Larry Stu. Oh my God. There are lots of Larry Stu's in shows. Comic yeah. books. There are a lot of Batman is a Larry Stu. Admittedly, he is. Is he? The whole I'm Batman argument is so. Larry Stu, like, oh, I'm prepared for everything. Okay. Because I'm, I'm Batman? In a way, for me, Batman's kind of like that. It's like, oh, look, Batman has the answer to everything. Because he's Batman. I'm like, really? That, that's it? As a, like, as a kid who grew up on DC, I would mm. say that... Like, or is Superman the Larry that, Stu? That is, that is exactly the illness of DC characters because they were written at a time when... People needed heroes. Yeah. So heroes were written like they were infallible. And exactly. Like, and, and that's like, I hate to admit this. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine to admit it. I, I know it's trash. But that's going to be like one of the main, um, like, what do you call it? The main opposites with Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, because like, DC characters are like gods. Yeah, they're really yeah, gods. Yeah. Which is which is the entire thing that the injustice are explored, yeah, right? Exactly, because they exactly. wanted to smash still ongoing. <laughs> injustice is still ongoing until now. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, if there was one reason for me to that why I pick Marvel sometimes over DC, it's because, because of the huh? It's because no, it's because of yeah, maybe because they're they have the more human human, uh, human element. Uh, down in down to a to a certain extent. Yeah. Although although again DC's way of uh, showing how powerful heroes are or how say, no, that, that's why I kind of like the smaller DC, the less popular DC characters because they were written with flaws. Exactly. Yeah. The, the Doom Patrol. As in, okay, I I'm only familiar with the Doom Patrol because of Gerard Way, <laughs> and that book is still not finished until now. <clears throat> it's been siguro mga He's a musician. Everything yeah. makes time. No, but the thing is, I heard, yung nalaman ko kay Stephen Segovia sa Comic Con, sabi niya, whenever a book gets a delay, everyone gets a penalty. Oh. So this means, yeah. cover artist gets a penalty, letter, colorist, artist, everyone gets a penalty. Mm-hmm. Even the, the editor Even of the book. Even though it's not their fault. Exactly. It's Gerhard Way and Nick Darrington's fault because they keep on delaying it. Nick Darrington is a super slow artist. Gerard Way, I don't know. I don't think it's his fault though. I have a feeling he's already done with the story and the artist is just super slow. But then I, I have to factor in that maybe yes. Maybe Gerard Way is super busy with his music. Or, I doubt it. Or I think he, it, he, it could be that he's indecisive. Like he's gonna yeah, ask for something there. and then he's yeah, gonna uh, like backtrack. You know, he has, uh, you know, yeah, he's a guy with a lot of ideas and concepts. And if you're writing, is he still working on music right now? Yeah, he is. Think, he's making yeah. new music right now. And if you're, and, you know, as a process, if you're really, you're you're into uh, something, a, a new process, like yeah. comics or something. But he's so used to comics already. He already did Umbrella Academy, and he did that on the road. Yeah, but you know, um, when it comes to write, creating or writing a story, there's a lot of decisions that had to be had to yeah. be made. Lots of creative uh, 
creative choices. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a lot of those on the table, it would be really, really hard to pick the best one. Because the way I see it, I feel like they shouldn't... The problem with Doom Patrol is, the reason it keeps on getting delayed is because of a single-issue comics. Single-issue comics are practically outdated. It's an archaic thing now, to be honest. Sobrang, sobrang impractical na for this day and age. Single-issue comics. Yes, I still, I, honestly, I admit, I still... Reading physical copies I still read single comics is yeah, still fun. Yeah, it's still fun. They're still fun to reading single comics and they're waiting every month. But the, the, that's the biggest problem. You have to wait every month for the story to finish. And for a lot of people now, and especially your target audience on Doom Patrol, which is DC Young Animal, which is like their alternative imprint in a way. The characters, yes, they have superpowers, but they all have flaws. Like, Shade the Changing Girl has depression and, you know, is struggling with life. Like, she doesn't know what exactly is she doing with her life. Mga Must relatable yung personal conflict ng characters doon. And sobrang sayang kasi. All those stories you're doing doing so well, and then here comes Doom Patrol. The last up the schedule. Exactly! Because <laughs> Doom Patrol 11, which just came out last oh. month. Doom Patrol 11 came out last month. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to come out in February or even actually November. It, it took that long. November 2017, and it only came out in April 2018. That's how long the delay was. And we don't even know the backstage stuff, whatever happened. And turns out they that... They won't be revealing that after. No, after quite everything was already revealed. It was already late. No, the backstage details. Yeah, I know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Very, but I, I don't think they'll ever talk about it. They never do the comics. They really? Yeah, they no, like, do. no expose interviews? They have for some, but I don't think... Well, Gerard Way, I think, is too popular for them to like, oh, for a lot of people... I'm part of this... But if it's Gerard Way... Well, that's Way, so entitled of him, if that's the case. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. But if it's Gerard Way, there's always an interview or a story about him, yeah. so... You know yeah. what, I, what I feel would happen would... Like, is also that maybe there's something that he wanted to write in the story that he's not allowed to write? Or what? Yeah. I'm not sure how often that happens in comics. The panel, hey, this is the thing that you can't write about. Change it. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't want I feel like he would do better in a graphic novel format. You're not um, constricted to a schedule, a monthly release schedule. Uh, it's much better if you just do it in volumes. Yeah. So you, the story goes non stop. No need to do the monthly thing because that system's so old and outdated for me. Oh. <clears throat> I feel you, but that's kind of like the problem of cartoons nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, I can feel binging. it. Like, I, the Stephen Bombs. The, the Stephen, Stephen Bombs and like the, the, the binge culture. Like, they're attempting to understand how to conquer binge culture. Okay. Which you can't do if you're um, putting on a serialized show on TV. Because, you know, when we grew up, we were watching these cartoons at 4 in the afternoon after we got home from school. Yeah. And we always expect that at this time, this is the episode that's going to air. And it's not going to happen now. Mm. Um, and it's just the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest flaw. And yet, it's also the biggest positive for cartoons. Yeah, because you can, you can continue, like, watching it. Yeah, but at the same time, you have to you have to play catch up now. If ever they say, "Oh, I missed an episode," I have to go back. Yeah, I, I what was this? There was a there was a a debate about like whether or not cartoons like Steven Universe should be picked up by things like Netflix and stuff like that. But for Netflix, they're, they they do have they do have like weeklies. Yeah. 
No, but their but their usual scheduling type is like they will finish an entire season, and then upload it once, and then forget it for like another year and a half or something. Ah, uh, okay. Which people ask, are you fine with that? Isn't that? I'm worse? actually I'm actually okay with the format because for Voltron. How does Voltron work? Wait up. For sure. Hi, I'm back. I've only started watching Voltron like in the past. I've only been to episode eight. I think. Damn, I have to watch that. Yeah, I will. It's, yeah, it's I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, because yeah, the crew of Voltron was pretty much the same crew from Avatar. They they took the same studio. Yeah, Lauren this... Montgomery's there. She's a producer. Mm-hmm. I think one one thing. Uh, one, although one thing that some Voltron fans didn't like about the Voltron is the new the latest Voltron is that it's the art style. I'm actually okay with it. No, I like some it. people I'm okay are, with it. Some people may want the anime. The old school. Yeah, the old school. Yeah, but, the anime. It's a Western. Yeah, but yeah. But the, no, but the thing is, they said. I think it's beautiful. No, the thing is, like the 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 the, uh, the show, the original show, Go Lion in Japan, mm-hmm. was a failure. It was so bad. They're like, let's just send it to the U.S. We don't care anymore. Like the company's like, whatever. Like, eh, whatever. Fine. We'll we'll have like the right. We'll earn residuals and stuff. I think. What I understand, the system is, they sold the rights to Go Lion, and they're like, ah, do whatever you want with Voltron. Because it turns out, Voltron is more popular in the West than in Asia. It is, it is. Right? Because it, it was an anime that was pretty cheap to sell, yeah. to, to show in other countries. So, even though it was kind of like a crappy anime... Yeah, they just went with it. They're like, okay, go go ahead, like, we don't care. They <laughs> don't think it aged well. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, like, when, when people mentioned, like, Oh, watch Voltron, and I'm like, what is it? What is this? Yeah. I don't know what this is. It's like, a, it's like the first Gundam series. Oh! <laughs> it, the thing about it is, like, there's a full continuity now with Legendary Defender. Of, I can feel a lot of Gundam fans if they hear what I said, that God, the first series didn't age well. Um, they'll either agree or they'll either... Or they'll, they'll start they'll, a war. Yeah, they'll shout at me. <laughs> Culture today. Exactly. It's all about, you know, fighting each other for some reason. But I'll be honest, although it hasn't aged well, there are always there's always some moments in that series that's always that's beautiful. Okay. Like there's that weird there's that awesome flock of seagulls sequence which was very, very well animated. And then the smoke. Uh, okay. And how they animate smoke in during that time. For the seventies, where the yeah. every animation was cheap. No, because the guy who was animating a few episodes, some episodes of Gundam, was the guy who animated Macross, uh, and he was known for the Macross missile massacre, where all missiles were just flying. Uh, so but yeah, but yeah, Volfram. we have come so far. Have yeah. you guys seen the animation of this group called Info Table? Not yet. UFO table or UFO table? table? What's up? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a animation studio. Is it a studio in Japan? Okay. And they make the most beautiful things. Like if you have ever seen any, I might know some of their scenes. Um, tales. Yeah. Do, you, do you know the, the the tales video game franchise and the animations? Tales, tales yeah. The tales of Symphonia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The tales series. There are a couple of tales. Um, is it? If, no, Exilia oh, is a video game and... They have a good number of Tales games. No. Yeah. I'm trying to fa- watch something... Oh, they have a new Fate State, Unlimited Fate Works. Yeah. Okay. Um, try to look for a clip from the latest Tales anime. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in an anime. 
anime is thankfully going strong, although... If there was a time that it almost died. Yeah, although the problem now is that, you know, no. uh, is that seasons are, some seasons are now shorter. So, so instead of doing the usual 24, 25, mm-hmm. they go for 12, 13. Yeah. Although before, they can do 50 for a whole time. Like, yeah, that was a standard It was before. a standard. Yeah, um, yeah. Like CNC Destiny was like 100 episodes. Mech, even Mecha series now had to stick with some um, some there was a chair, there was a some chair. some <laughs> series now have to stick to half dozen, right? Okay, is so it just the budget? It's either it's because of the budget and sometimes maybe the maybe the that the staff the number of staff that they uh, have. Not overworking staff if they want. The, the staff, I think, it's also part of they realized in the current watching culture. That if you make an anime that is too long, people no longer want yes. to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. It's so <clears throat> thirteen to twenty-six has been the like a standard. Yeah, yeah. Would it, would you say it's the most ideal length? Like twenty. Uh, for me, twenty-six is. Although, although, although some series like the recent Venom series, they did the. 25-25 format. Wait, that's what that IBO did. That Iron Blood did that. Twenty-five. In the last two build series, uh-huh. did that. It works. Mm-hmm. It works in a way. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't go that stale. Though not much filler. Although a lot of fans will disagree with that. But yeah, the problem with fifty episodes back then. Too much filler. Is that you can't. No, no, no. It's not too much filler. It's that there are some details. Yeah, maybe a bit filler. But there are some details that you wouldn't. That you can skip over. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, you can skip over. It's okay. And. It's you're shelling out this amount of cash for an entire year because you're thinking, uh, yeah. because yeah. It, it used to come out weekly for an entire year yeah. rather than 26 episodes, which is happening. Yeah, imagine 50 episodes, so that's like 50 weeks. Oh, 50 weeks. So, oh, yeah, your only it, break it, is it, Christmas or the yeah, yeah. golden week. The, the, the two weeks are like Christmas and the golden week. Like, Hinokuni in Japan. Like, that's like the only big holiday where yeah, like, then, everything stops. And then, some, and then they, have, they even have breaks. Uh, yeah. They have breaks. I forgot what month. Cardcaptors. January. January. They have a break for New Year. For New Year, yeah. Uh, what about Cardcaptor? Wait, how long has Cardcaptor? The, the, the current Cardcaptor like reboot. The the, the, the sequel, tier, yeah. The Peter Card arc. Yeah, like how long has how long is it going? Uh, I didn't I didn't um, follow. Now the long running anime series they work because they have Bango to back them up. Like Naruto? Naruto, Naruto lasted that. Naruto lasted yeah. long because there was a there was a progression that and then that was it a natural progression like I mean some anime. Yeah, the man like, that lived until, oh until it's Boruto now, right? Nagim Boruto na siya yung manga. So yeah. In a way, yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. the the top three long long form mangas had like also long form animes. Uh, One Piece is One Piece is still running. Ah, One Piece is still running. Wait, Bleach is still running? Yeah, Bleach is still running. Wait, the anime or the manga? The manga and the anime. What the fuck? Is the manga I think so. Hunter x Hunter is still alive, but you know, it's... It has so many intervals, right? Hunter x Hunter? Hunter is... Hunter is... Is it still alive? I don't think so. No, the manga has... Oh, no, the manga baga. But the manga has been on delay. <laughs> has been uh, has seen quite a few delays. Some some fans called it hiatus ex hiatus, <laughs> how bad it, for how bad the delays were. That's a good name. 
But yeah, long runners, long running anime series are very rare to find. Fairy Tail, it's Fairy Tail. Fairy Tail. Fairy Tail is one of them. Um, it's, it's you, but it's it's alive. Yeah. I think it's a gift. My mom bought me like DVDs of up to one hundred episodes or something. One hundred episodes. Because I got sick a lot in high school. So, ah, okay. You know, she she bought me something to even buy my time. Okay. And. Like, I watched a couple episodes and ended up not liking them very much. So another another long runner is Gintama. Oh my god, Gintama is still running. It's uh, it's a sunrise show. It's one of the, it's it's their... So basically all of the shonen. The shonen. Shonen. Yeah, shonen job. Or most of, yeah, most of the ones with long manga histories are the ones that survive. Ah, okay. Yeah. But for the most part, I think it's okay for me if... if Anime doesn't last. Uh, if, if if it's two seasons, fine. It's fine because the problem with extending uh, extending certain series is that you run out of stories to uh, to go to, and then usually they follow a main arc. And if that main arc is finished, why continue a new story then mm-hmm. at all? Would you say it's the same thing with Steven Universe? No, no, no. Steven Universe right now. It's in a um, weird spot, isn't it? Like, it, it, it? It is because it's trying to be a more serious version of Adventure Time. You gotta remember that Rebecca had roots in being the writer for one of the most important spots of the lore, which is the relationship between Marceline and Simon oh, Petrikov. Uh, oh, she was. That was her? Yeah, that's hers. Like, Simon okay. and Marcy was her episode. Uh, and subsequently, everything else. Like, you know the episode where. Um, Marceline is singing in front of a door, being um, like getting angry at um, Bubblegum. The the song is I'm just your problem. Not familiar. I I, da, 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 I wanna bury you in the ground. Not da, sure. Da, da, I, I might have heard it, yeah, I might have heard it. It's one of the most famous um, songs there and okay. Rebecca Sugar wrote it for Marceline. And pretty much every Marceline song is Rebecca Sugar, so... Wow! And then, um... Even the dad... Rebecca Sugar even starred as the voice actor for Marceline's Human Mom. Oh... The, the song about, um, everything... Yeah, I've heard that stays, one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Simon and Marcy, that episode. Ah, uh, dude! The worst! Nakaiyak yun! Nakaiyak yun Holy shit! That's why Marceline cares for him so and much. If, if like, there was a yeah. reason why, uh, why, why? They two really unlikely characters, and you mashed them together. I swear, Adventure Time is just anime fanfic. I know Adventure Time was fun. Was a fun series. If there was one yeah, was episode fun, that, yeah. if there was one episode that made me say that, oh, this is this is good. It was it was something different that episode. Simon, Simon and Marcy also won, I think, a couple of awards. Oh. Um, it's one of those it's one of those standout episodes that you had to see yeah because like, yeah. usually Even without context yeah because like the usual idea of adventure time is like oh random like let's get high LSD yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. That, that's what people think there's there's an entire backstory on how who became oh, like shit. that in the first place apparently it's um adventure time is actually a dystopian future. It, it isn't a dystopian, it's like a ridiculous outcome of nuclear uh, war. a nuclear war um, and it unleashes the lich, 
There's um, Gunter, the penguin, is a god. It's like an evil god that was exiled to Earth in a comet. Yeah, in, in a comet that hit the Earth. Um, there's apparently like the four original gods of the Earth are. The, the four original elements are not like earth, wind, fire, and. Heart. Uh, no, kidding, that's God. Bubblegum is one of them, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's candy, Bubblegum. slime, slime princess, oh, fire, fire and, princess. and ice. So, Ice King is a descendant or like a reincarnation of the, the god of ice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh. That explains a lot. Yeah, so every, every generation there is an elemental. An elemental that is reborn, um, oh. and the reason why we haven't seen, like their explanation of the reason why we haven't seen the one from ours, is that what was it? The the four elementals in in our year, they kind of figure out figured out what was happening, so they kind of like tried to escape by encapsulating themselves, so they would survive the oncoming war and then that was like the blonde the tall blonde giant girl is she no, a descendant no, no, the, of those the, the, that's it's not the tall blonde giant girl later on in the series we find the the ice elemental from our generation she wakes up in the future and she fights ice king she kidnaps bubble gum slime princess and flame princess okay and tries to like get them to use their powers to fix the earth or something no, no just because she wants to rule the earth okay because in her belief, she was one of the most powerful beings in the earth. Okay. See, if you're a casual fan, you wouldn't be able to see beyond. Yeah, like, so how dare people call me a casual? I'm just kidding. Like, it's so weird that I am so into this, like, children's cartoon. I w- that's the thing, though. Like, that's the thing with the, the Western concept of cartoons, is that... It's only for kids. Cartoons are only for Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, because, because anime has always been for adults and it's always told adult stories. But, exactly. Um, Steven Universe is um, highly influenced by an anime called Revolutionary Girl Utena. Okay. If you guys if you guys are familiar, it's named one of the most important animes of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it actually follows the themes from a book called Demian by Irma Nesse. Okay. Um, oh my god, it's a ni- it's a classic nineties anime. Oh, yeah, it is, it is. So at some and point it has right? like it has like rape and incest mm-hmm. and all of the controversial things and the art style is so nineties. The art style they even copied like outright in an episode in an episode called Your Mother and Mine, they copied outright the style in Revolutionary Girl Utena where like oh. they do all of the roses in the, the background. Was that the original design for Steven Universe though? No, no, the like in, in that episode. Um, or, oh, it's an inspiration. It's a call. It's a nice shout out. Okay. Yeah. Well, you think it's a nice shout out, but it's actually... The thing that I've realized with Steven Universe is that it takes all of its references and through like complex intertextuality, the plot is actually... Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. So, that was sirens, guys. So. <laughs> We're in the neighborhood. Yeah. The, the plot was actually revealed through these references. So, for example, have you guys seen A Wrinkle in Time or read the book? I've read the book, yeah. I've read the book. Yeah, so, so, in A Wrinkle in Time, there's like three aliens yeah. that guide this kid who is lost. Yeah, and like with her their dad gets kidnapped, yeah. kidnapped by an alien race. Yeah. When they go there, they see people who don't have free will and are just following like a hive mind uh-huh. 
they used that entire arc for I think season three or four Steven in, the, in the stranded arc. Okay. Yeah. Well, in the first place, there are three alien women who are guiding Steven. Jasper. Oh no, no, no. Jasper. <laughs> no, three alien women that are like good and guiding Steven, right? Okay. So it's Garnet, Pearl, and Amethyst. Yeah. So GPA. Um, GPA. Wow. <laughs> College. So, so the GPA, the crystal gems were guiding Stephen, and um, through maturity, and then, um, it here's the thing, right? People zoomed in on the opening theme song of Stephen Universe and saw that this character Connie was like she's she's the nerd character. Yeah. She's holding a book in her arms when like the characters pass her by, and it's like a split second. People took a screenshot and realized <laughs> that the cover of the book that Connie was reading was similar. Like, there wasn't even any words. It was just blobs. But it was the same color of blob that uh, is used on the classic cover of A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, and people connected the dots. But they thought it was just like, oh, it's a nice ode to, like, childhood literature that okay. we were all... Because in the States, it's like the equivalent of The Little, Pri- the little Prince for us. That yeah, in a way. They're required to yeah. read it in school. So <laughs> We were required to read both. I was required to read Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Uh, yeah, and The Giver, which was so uh, Giver, Seagull, Rick of Oh, so, that was a good book. But but you guys know, right? Like um, Mulan is in Joy Luck Club. <laughs> you, you know how there's this book that everybody knows. And they thought that was just it. It's just an old an old oh. to childhood. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's fine. It's, oh, it's fine. okay. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. They yeah. think it's an ode to childhood, um, but actually, the the plot follows it. So in this the art, the plot of Steven Universe followed the plot from Wrinkle and Time. Wrinkle and Time. Okay. So I predicted that Greg was gonna get kidnapped, and he did. And now he's a space captain. No, that's Lars. Ah, okay. Greg is Steven's dad. dad. Okay. Like in in Wrinkle and Time, their dad gets kidnapped ah, by a evil alien race. Jasper. Okay. Huh? Jasper's race? Yeah, Kidnap Homeworld. Drake? Homeworld. Okay. So apparently the crystal gems come from um, Homeworld, which is a species of... There, there are species of alien that reproduce through rocks. So they, because of the fact that they can't reproduce sexually, mm-hmm. they have to colonize other planets because they need to take their resources and build rocks out of the, the soil from those planets. And they basically hollow out those planets. So apparently this entire time, the diamonds were like great colonizers. And first of all, it's already a story that's talking about colonization and racism, you know, just by adding that into mm-hmm. the premise. And then there was a reveal where Blue Diamond is grieving over the grave of Pink Diamond, who is apparently the leader or the owner of the colony here. So she's like our version of Magellan. One who was assigned to colonize the Earth. Mm -hmm. I discovered it first, guys. But we're already here, so Mm -hmm. she's supposed to kill the organic life that's here. And... She couldn't do it? The the story was that, the story that the people knew for the longest time was that a quartz soldier started an uprising. Because in, in Homeworld, Specific gems are made to do specific things. Okay. So all the quartzes are soldiers. So so there's a caste quartz, system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. There is, there is. Okay. And Pearl is actually a servant gem. She she's supposed to be gem, like some sort of butler. Gem hierarchy. Yeah. There is. Nice. Uh, a quartz soldier like Rose Quartz suddenly started a rebellion, 
and rebelled against Homeworld and shattered Pink Diamond. Supposedly, this is the story that everybody knows. Um, and she saved the Earth, quote unquote, mm-hmm. from the from the gems, and that's why we get to still live on this planet. That's the explanation. Further on, like in this episode, we see Blue Diamond, the sister slash mom, whatever. She's a family member of Pink Diamond, grieving over the grave of her diamond that died. So you see that there's a duality in the character of the character of the diamonds. They're not evil. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's crying over the death of someone she loved, and that's the reason why they want to destroy the Earth because like they it it. We murdered, technically, we murdered her sister or something uh-huh. like that. And um, Stephen's father walks up to her and tries to comfort her, like, why are you crying? Both of them lost someone they love yeah. because, you know, Greg's wife, which Rose, is Rose Quartz, died to have Stephen. She put her gem in, co- like, in combination with Greg's human DNA uh-huh. and created a human being. But for that to happen, she couldn't exist anymore. Okay. So Greg had to deal with this tremendous amount of grief that he can't complain about because he loves his son too. Yeah. And he kind of just has to deal with the fact that he's never going to see her again. Mm. And like Stephen has to deal with the idea that, hey, my mom's a murderer. She started a war, <laughs> killed thousands of gems, and, you know, um, and now I have to own up to my mistakes, my mistakes, even though it's the mistakes of my mom, and tell this diamond, it's me. It's my fault. Don't he, take my dad. Kill me Stephen instead. killed Pink Diamond. The, the gem inside Stephen killed Pink Diamond. But that's the... So Stephen was not aware that he killed Pink Diamond? Stephen is an entirely new um, entity with his own free will that is separate from the lives of the gem mm. that was passed down to him. So he created a new being. Yeah, he's, because he has a human brain with uh, its own memories. Okay. He grew up like any with an kid. actual aging process, yeah. like any other person. So that brain is actually not aware of the memories that are stored inside, inside his, his gem. The gem the but actually, button. like in season five specifically, I think starting season three, season two, season three, um, Stephen discovers that he has astral projection powers that he can enter the minds of others and even the. He also discovers that he has the power to create sentient plants. Mm. So he there was this one funny episode where, like in the very beginning of the the he makes the pumpkin pet. Or is that in season four? Pumpkin is already like in season four or something. I'm gonna you that. Yeah, yeah. In in season one or two, he eats watermelon with his dad the, that one summer. Yeah. He eats watermelon, spits out the seeds, and then like when he was sleeping, he didn't know that this. The seeds grew into like sentient watermelon people. <laughs> yeah, and you think you know, like when you're starting out with the show, you think, oh, that's so funny. That's that's hilarious. He can he can make watermelon Steven. And then the watermelons start an insurrection. I'm assuming. I think they did. There there was something about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there's also an episode where there's like a kind of moss that his mom made, and it's sentient. And it almost like devoured people, but actually it was just trying to get to the top of the hill so it can bloom flowers. So it's it's so weird that a soldier had the power to create life. Like 
what kind of basic soldier, like low-ranking gem, in the caste system had the capacity to to, to create life. Mm-hmm. In season five, a human dies. Stephen cries for his friend, and somehow he turns absolutely pink and revives. He's a zombie. So Lars is a zombie now. Lars is kind of a zombie now. He has a heartbeat, but it's very slow. Zombie slash space captain. He's a zombie space space captain, and the fact is that they thought about this in 2013 even before the yeah zombie space captain. 2013? They've they've it it's been in the process for years. Lars and Sadie were the original characters before Steven Universe was even created. So they were supposed to be the main characters. Rebecca, not the main characters of the show, but Rebecca had like. Because Rebecca always dreamed of becoming a comic artist. Okay. So she she always thought that indie comics was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, before she got picked up by Cartoon Network, so um, she had this comic about um, Lars and Sadie, and that's why in the pilot episode, you know, like Steven goes up to a counter and buys donuts, and it's yeah. Lars and Sadie there because they were the first few characters, mm-hmm. and it's always been endgame to reveal that. Steven has resurrection powers. Oh, that's that's new. <laughs> so he has resurrection powers. He also has healing spit. Oh yeah, so, I heard that. He, yeah. he, he did that. He, he did that to Connie, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, with Connie, it was you know how she has bad eyesight. She's yeah, they, 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 they rubs. Yeah. And like, they're, they're, it started out with him like um, I think licking his teddy bear that got ripped or something like that. But there was an episode where. He was sharing a juice box with Connie, and they were drinking from the same straw. And, then they and because of that, not not yeah. yet. Okay, okay. This is this is early, early on. Okay. Like because of the fact that they drank from the same juice box and used the same straw, Connie Connie's bad eyesight was healed by his spin, <laughs> and she didn't need to use glasses, but she had to continue wearing them to, yeah. to make sure that her mom doesn't find out. Yeah. Because Connie's mom is very, very, very. Racist. Protective. Um, <laughs> no, not, not racist, just she's very protective. Oh, okay. How can she be racist when she's Indian? <laughs> they're, they're, uh, um, Connie's mom is Indian and her dad is, I think, either Korean or Chinese or something. They were very East judgmental Asian. of the gems, though. When yeah. they, Remember, they had that dinner where they had to meet Steven's parents and they're like, Hi, we're Steven's mom. And there's like three. Like, yeah, Pearl, exactly. Amethyst, right. and Gem. Yeah, they, they combine, they fuse into one giant thing. They're like, Hi. I'm Steven's mom. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, Pearl hates eating food. Yeah, they were. And I had to go to dinner. It was hilarious. I remember, yeah, I so said they were kind of like judgmental of, like, you know, Steven. It's like, this is Steven's mom. But again, but um, it, it wasn't that they were judgmental of Steven's mom, they were just very protective of Connie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't want Connie to be, like, making weird friends or anything like that. But Connie, in the first place, didn't have very many friends. And that's mm-hmm. why she was like, Sitting on the beach reading alone, where Stephen finds her for the first time, mm. yeah. and it makes her very excited to go on this like magical gem destiny, where but Stephen doesn't want to, doesn't want to include her. Why so? Is There's an entire song, um, like it goes. Everybody told me gem stuff's dangerous. Mm. I guess I didn't believe it, but like he's he he's so like in love with Connie and doesn't want to like get her in trouble and everything oh. that he leaves her out but in this episode Sworn to the Sworn to the Sword um, it starts out with them making a pact that they're jam buddies they're eating they're eating um, 
That's uh, so a sandwich. Adorable. They're eating a sandwich while singing Jack a song sandwich. about Jack, about Jack sandwiches. Um, I want and a Jack sandwich. <laughs> when they team up to defeat like Pearl's um, sword fighting challenge. I think I saw this. Yeah, I saw this clip. Uh, you know, you know, Didi Magno Hall singing the song. Um, you do it for her. No, not really. Okay, so Pearl but is apparently just, like very. She was apparently like very dedicated to Rose Quartz and is in love with her, right? Yeah. So she would throw herself in harm's way and fight for Rose, even though Rose is supposedly the soldier character. Rose is like supposed to be a servant, but she she throws away that demure part of her past and becomes a knight mm. on behalf of Rose. Okay. Um. So when she hears that Connie is willing to fight. To learn to to sword fight to 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 protect Steven when they go on gem adventures, she becomes very enamored of this idea that she's training a new version of herself as a protege that will protect Steven. And at first we thought, man, she's so obsessed with rose quartz. But later on, when we finally find out that rose quartz is actually pink diamond, we understand Pearl's obsession. Um, in in the in this same episode, she projects her trauma by screaming, um, "Why don't you just let me do this for you? You can't be in front of the battle. You're too important." And at that, in the beginning, we all thought it was just because, oh, it's because she's the leader of the rebellion, yeah. right? And she's in love with this person. That's why she's so protective. But actually, no. Pearl is the lowest form of gem. She's she's the servant gem. Um, and she is in love with a diamond, which is the highest gem, and that is so extreme to her. Mm-hmm. And she needs to make sure that Steven never gets hurt, and that's why she wants Connie to to mm-hmm. learn how to sword fight. But anyway, we're losing, we're going off topic. Yeah. So anyway, going back to going back to the reveal, the big reveal that happened this week, yeah. two weeks ago. Um, it, it came out at May seven. It, uh-huh. it was May eight, and this is this is the big part. The, the episode title was A Single Pale Rose and the description prior to the release date, the description was Pearl needs help finding her cell phone. Okay. Pearl's character is very, the way that they were made were like, there's a past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. So Pearl is supposed to designate the past and Amethyst is supposed to represent the present and Garnet represents the future, future because she has future vision. Mm-hmm. The way that it was revealed, Pearl's character is very like old timey. She doesn't know how to use a cell phone. Ha ha, yeah. she's an old mom. And they make this <laughs> this joke about how because Didi Magno Hall is also like a like a mom character mm. and she fits very well with Pearl. Pearl always like cleans up with the house, is very protective, wants to teach Steven these things. I think the Facebook live stream had that. Like Didi Magno really is the mom the, of the They had one panel where they just teach Didi about memes. <laughs> like Zach Callison, the voice of Steven, yeah. teach teaches Didi about memes and it's just hilarious. Um, so now she has a cell phone. <laughs> Because she wants to call this girl that she was flirting with in a party. The one who looks like Rose Quartz. The, the ah, one that, okay. Uh, yeah, she receives like, a... Like, hey, hey. Jacket. Wearing the leather jacket and everything. Hey. collar drinks a apple juice box. <laughs> I mean, it's a kid's show. You can't, you know, you can't show alcohol. I mean, regular show goes... Kind of subverts it through, like, root beer or something like that. But you know it's beer. 
Like, there's, it's supposed to be apple beer. is like apple cider, which is alcohol. That's the closest you can get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sta- standards and practices is really weird. So anyway, going back to ano, going yeah, back yeah. to the story. So, so she's like trying to find her cell phone. Um, but at this point, Stephen had a dream of Pearl shattering pink diamond. Mm. So she, he can't help himself. He asks her. Did you shatter pink diamond? And she's like, she can't talk. Like she's physically unable to talk. Um, is it because of being traumatized or something? Or? We think it is, but um, it's revealed by Rebecca Sugar early on in 2015. And like originally when they wrote Garnet, she is incapable of asking questions. Mm. And for the longest time, people thought, oh, it's because she has future vision. So she can't ask questions or something like that because it would mess with her future vision or something. But people noticed that in this episode called The Answer, which is the origin story of Garnet mm-hmm. and how she became a fusion of two gems called Sapphire and Ruby, mm-hmm. um, r- when she was saved by Rose Quartz because fusions are an abomination of Homeworld. Yeah. When, when she was. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the entire homophobia reference there. Yeah. When she was saved by Rose Quartz, Rose Quartz thought it was like such a beautiful thing that you're a fusion. Never question this. Mm-hmm. And then touches her hands. And ever since then, Garnet is unable to ask questions. So it is revealed in this episode that the reason why Pearl, since season two, <laughs> there's, a, there's a part in season two when people reveal to Steven, your mom's actually a murderer and she killed Pink Diamond. The first thing Pearl does is put her hands over her mouth. Because? She can't speak physically, like, incapable, and is stopped from speaking. So, when Pearl, Pearl seems like she's struggling, she's absolutely, like, screaming. She wants to talk, but her mouth is involuntarily covering her, like, her hands are like, covering her mouth. Like, like totally, like, she can't talk. Okay. She says, I can't tell you but I can tell you that I need to find my phone. Go inside of my gemstone. Mm-hmm. It's stored there. Because, like, the gems can conjure their weapons inside their yeah. gems. So they can also store things inside their gems. Mm-hmm. So like she, she stored her... Giant bag. Yeah. Uh, she, and, like, more importantly, the reference to Revolutionary Girl Utna, um, Anfie stores the gem... Uh, the, the gem... The... the Sword of Dios in her chest. Oh. So whenever they have like, a battle, they go into it. Swords come from like how Voltus Five has his the sword from the chest, like that. Yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one comes from her gemstone. So she puts herself like involuntarily puts her cell phone in her gemstone because she couldn't talk about the thing, and then from inside her gemstone. Something texts Steven and says, I want to tell you, but I can't. Monkey, monkey face emoji. Uh, okay. Oh, I like that emoji. Yeah, the, the, the speak no evil emoji. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one. So, Steven comes rushing back, says, Pearl, I, uh, I'm ready to talk now. I, I'm ready to, to talk to you. And then she's like, what are you talking about? I saw your text message. I didn't send you that. I need you to find my phone inside my gem, go inside. He jumps in, and Pearl, the, the neurotic character, 
has her things alphabetized. And there's a pearl inside in, inside her, inside her gemstone, there's a version of pearl. And she's like going through this catalog of things and she's organizing her spheres and everything is in an alphabetical order. OCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But her cell phone is not there. So she's like, unless some things happen and then I need you to go inside of me again. He goes back Pearl inside. Pearl within Pearl. Yeah, it's Pearlception. Okay, okay. So yes. Steven goes inside of Pearl and sees another Pearl crying. And she's like, uh, how could she do this? I lost her forever. And then Steven is like, are you upset about your cell phone? My cell phone! And she starts sobbing like a... But actually this was... He was basically time traveling through Pearl's memory. Interesting. So Pearl, this is a nice representation of people dealing with trauma mm -hmm. and how they compartmentalize their their memories. Mm -hmm. So as to try to lock it up and like not let it out, yeah. you know. So it's within Pearl, and she's just a sobbing mess about losing Rose Quartz forever, crying about the fact that why would she go and make a human? Mm -hmm. Because at first Pearl really was bitter about Steven, right? Like, she yeah. hated Steven. It's like, oh, this is, should have been Rose Quartz or something like that. Well, she can't hate Steven because Steven is Rose Quartz uh -huh. slash Pink Diamond. But she did hate Greg a lot. Because he's because, human, but again. No, because Rose Quartz is in love with Greg. Mm, okay. And you'll get it in a, in a few moments. So he okay. goes back, he goes further inside the Pearl and sees another time before that happened, it was the Gem War, mm -hmm. the ending of the Gem War, and they thought they already won because the homeworld gems, the diamonds were already retreating, mm -hmm. but then came a large flash of light and it killed all of their comrades that were still on Earth. And the only ones that were saved are the three of them and Rose Quartz because mm -hmm. of her shield. Okay. Her shield is actually reflective and it's been revealed that Diamond, white diamond's power is light. So this white light that corrupted all of the gems that were remaining on Earth um, is actually the thing that, that, that killed all of them. And because it's light, she can reflect it with her shield. In the episode Off Colors where Lars died, there are these robinoids, like little robots that can scan scan gems and kill okay. and like kill them or something. Um, and they were on the run. Steven tries to protect the other the other gems by opening a shield. And although it doesn't protect them from getting scanned, it does protect them from the beam of light that would have killed them otherwise. Oh. And then Pad Paracha. Um, this is an episode called Off Colors, where they find some gems that are defective. So Pad Paracha is a type of sapphire. And Sapphire, the original Sapphire, had the power to see in, see the future. Um, this Sapphire can only see the things that just happened. Oh, yeah. What is the color? Major orangish. Major orangish. So, like, yeah, yeah. Stephen defends them from a beam of light, and then she's like, A beam of I, light is coming! But uh, no, no, no. It's, I predict that the shield is reflective. <laughs> So, super delayed reaction, right? No. Super delayed reaction to everything, but people realized that 
the great thing about her power, even though she can't predict the future, is that she can explain what just happened. Ah, uh, okay. So, things uh, like, I predict that Captain Lars pressed the wrong button. I predict that um, you're, uh, you're making them, you made them uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it just happened. But I didn't realize that this is why. Uh, and this is a thing that Alparacha has the power to do. But anyway, so we're back to the beam of light and it corrupted everything. And the thing that traumatized Pearl the most is that they did this... They, they made such a big fuss about saving the Earth, but nobody survived except the three of them. Everybody died, all of their comrades. And she was crying. Wait, so the Why war was I happening on Earth? Huh? The gem war was happening on Earth? Yeah, the gem war was happening on Earth. Okay. So, the sto- like, I, I told you the story that they were co- trying to colonize the Earth. Pink Diamond was the leader. Mm. And then supposedly a court soldier rose up because she believed in free will and the goodness of humanity and saving organic life that yeah. already lived here. She didn't agree with killing them off, etc., etc. And so she started a rebellion. So we can see here it's already the end of the gem war. The diamonds have already fled the earth, but they also killed off every remaining gem here. Mm. So their entire army, because the crystal gems weren't just three of them. Mm. The crystal gems was an entire army of rebels. Okay. And all of them died. Because of that white light. Because of that white light. Okay. So the moment that you understand that that's what happened, you go back to season one. (laughs) You see that they're doing these Monster of the Week episodes where they fight like a beetle and a a centipede and uh, like some sand things. And apparently they're just corrupted versions of the gem. Wow. These were their old comrades at night. And the reason why they're collecting them is to contain them within the temple so that they can't harm themselves. Because if you're bubbled in the temple, then you don't experience pain. Mm. Because they don't know how to heal them anymore. Okay. In the absence of Rose Quartz, who had healing powers. And even then, Rose Quartz, when she was still alive, didn't know how to heal these gems. I'm sure she tried. She just couldn't do it. Wow. I have to binge watch. (laughs) There's an episode in season 2 where they find out that they were experimenting with the shards of the shattered gems. Mm -hmm. Because the way that the gems work, their anatomy is that um, all of their DNA, quote-unquote, is stored within the gemstone. Like here. Yeah, Yeah, the the gemstone. And then the body that they project is just a body made out of light. So all of the information about the gem is in the gemstone. Mm -hmm. If you destroy the light body, they just retreat. They call it poofing. They just retreat into the gemstone, and then they can reform. Mm -hmm. So they're essentially immortal to until their gem is shattered. But that's the thing, these gems have been shattered and corrupted. So the DNA inside them has been scattered so far off that when they tried to reform their bodies, they look like monsters. So they're just trying to come back into like a regular form, but then they just try By their instinct, monster. right? Uh-huh. If, if you get poof, you just come back. Uh-huh. There's because, a very... because they don't know how to like come back on a good end. Because the information is lost, their memories, their mind, everything is lost. Yeah, so they just come back as whatever like they are. A wrong form, a wrong form of okay. their, their Their DNA is scrambled. So like I was saying, they discover that there's an experiment going on with the shards of these shattered gems. 
being pieced together. Like we were talking about Full Metal Alchemist earlier about dog meme. Uh-huh. A lot of the thing in Full Metal Alchemist, which is by the way also referenced in Adventure Time heavily, um, is the the, the the chimeras and how they would mash up together these bodies of animals with each other. This particular dog meme is the mashup of a little girl and her dog. Yeah. And so this happens in Steven Universe and they discover the mashing up of these souls and they try to form a body but they come out like just this spider with several limbs crawling around trying to struggle. I think I remember that picture. I think I've seen it somewhere. It's so haunting. Mm. Steven tries to go and save the cluster, these gems, these gem shards that have been mashed together and they're like a giant thing that are just in the core of the earth just sitting there. And Steven who is a like has empathetic powers, he can go into the minds of things, right? Like mm-hmm. we said earlier. So he is overcome with this overwhelming and crippling sadness because he can hear the thoughts, the scrambled thoughts and the cries oh. of all of those gems that are in constant pain for thousands and thousands of years. Oh my god. I think it's been like five was the exact number five thousand six hundred and thirty-seven. So it, 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 it was such a weird trip to be watching this this show about a boy who was like, you know, he, he earlier on he, he just thought that he could conserve his powers by eating cat ice cream. Cookie cat, yeah. Yeah, cookie cat. And he had a rat. And it was so, like, the kinds of innocence, it's... it's it just goes yeah. up and then yeah. breaks down. It drives us absolutely nuts because these episodes come in like big waves. Yeah, I think that's a big problem. And then, and then in the middle of them, like filler, filler, tawny episodes. <laughs> I think it came, I think the show came out with some something, uh, uh, something people would just expect to be a normal show, and then it deconstructs itself into something bigger. Exactly, just like Adventure Time. Like I keep yeah. saying, yeah, it's, it's like cool. Adventure Time. And another one is Natasha Allegri. Yeah. Also, also from also from Adventure Time, also Storyboarder there. She went off and made Bee and Puppycat, ah, which we all think right now is a ridiculous show about a clumsy girl and her alien cat dog, you know. And they're going off on little missions. So what's the backstory there? Now? In I, the lo- most recent episode, spoiler warning. Do they shatter it again? <laughs> no, B is apparently some sort of android. Huh? She's a robot. Oh my god. She's a, like, something about. That's why she has like these extra skills in a way. But I'm gonna. Sort of. Like I don't understand it because like B and Puppycat only comes out two to three episodes each, and then they're years in hiatus in between. Mm. Because it's an independent yeah. one, and yeah. Natasha just makes it on her own basically, and. The last episode that I saw, she opens a, it, it's her birthday, and all alone she opens like this music box that supposedly every year she gets a message from her dad, and it somehow hints at her being an alien or a robot or an android or something. But we haven't had it confirmed, and it's just such a pain that we can't like we need to wait. For so long, and I'm sure the next episode we're gonna see is just her fooling around with her neighbors. It's like Christmas, you have to wait for us. <laughs> yeah. No! Uh. God, I mean, that's deep. 
Yeah, it is like super deep, like sci-fi deep. Um, the last gem, the last pearl that Steven enters yeah. is the memory of pink diamond being shattered. Okay. So Pearl is apparently conspiring with Rose Quartz to kill Pink Diamond. To kill Pink Diamond, but when Rose Quartz was speaking, she was like, "Come on, it's just the, it's just blue and yellow. They don't care about Pink Diamond if she dies or whatever. Like we can live together on this earth. I want to leave the earth to the crystal gems. Um, I want the humans to be happy, blah blah blah. Um, it's easy. You can do it." So she reforms and reveals that she's actually Pink Diamond, walks out, and pretends to be like... So legit, so legit Rose Quartz is Pink Diamond. Is There's Pink no, Diamond. no questions asked. No more. So how is Steven alive? Hmm? If Pink Diamond, if Rose Quartz is supposed to be like in like the belly of Steven? She was never shattered. The, so the, what's the, the sword, Rose's sword, had the power to cut through the physical body of the gem, the, the light body, yeah. but never shatter the gem. Um, there's a there's a character named Bismuth with the with a the big orange one yeah. with the stripes like a tiger. I think all their names is just stones. Yeah, because they're all gemstones. So Bismuth, um, in the hierarchy, she's a builder. She's supposed to like just make buildings, but she wanted to become a swordsmith, so she became the. I just ima- I'm imagining bismuth edges. Yeah, like this. It, it goes inside. You've yeah. seen singles, right? You know how there's like a TV in the yeah. middle of it? it? It goes inside like this and it's in like rainbow colors. It's great. Um, so she, she apparently made a weapon that can shatter a diamond. But she was sealed away by rose quartz forever in secret. And the rest of the crystal gems just assume that she also died. This one. Yeah, in the in the corruption, the corruption life. But apparently not. She, like, it was Rose Quartz that sealed her away because she didn't want this destructive weapon to, to, to be made. At the time, we thought maybe Rose Quartz had a plan, and you know now we realize it's because she doesn't want to get shattered because she is big diamond. Um. So the sword that Bismuth made for her. Is a sword that can that doesn't shatter gems. It only like poofs them. So what they did in in that scene in, in Pearl's memory is that Pink Diamond forms as herself. Pearl shapeshifts into the form of Rose Quartz. Oh. Takes the sword and poofs Pink Diamond and like some little crystal like li- crystals that pink crystals they made from the soil. That isn't sentient, but they just made it from the soil. Um, that's supposed to be pink diamond. That's supposed to be the shattered pink diamond, pink diamond. And they just scattered it on the floor. And the actual rose quartz is in Stephen's belly button. Yeah, yeah, that's ah, it. Ah, okay. That's it. That's exactly okay. the story. So, she, so he figures out he's actually his mom. Yeah, yeah well, he knows no, no, he's no, no, his mom. So, so meaning this whole time, Stephen's mom was alive as pink diamond. Or is Pink Diamond like a long dead character? No, Rose Quartz is Pink Diamond. Okay. So, this entire time, the rest of the Crystal Gems did not know that they were rebelling against, but also serving as a leader, the same person. Um, basically, Pink Diamond was shown in a in a like what in one of Steven's dreams to be a very bratty kid. She was like, 
Yellow, I want my own colony. I'm as important as you. And so she was eventually given, okay, here's Earth. It looks nice. Go colonize it. You don't have to do anything. You just need to stand and wave and smile and whatever. Um, and be a leader. And everyone will do it for you. It's not hard work. But she realized that she... Enjoy, like first of all, she had to come to grips with the idea that apparently her entire race are mass murderers. They commit genocide on the plant on the level of planets. Um, so she had to realize that things that they were doing were wrong, and she wanted to stop. But when she told the diamonds, "I don't want to colonize the planet anymore," they're like, "That's ridiculous." This is how we survive as a species. It's not like we're doing this for fun. This, you know, it's like us eating meat or something like that. We're, we're doing this to survive anyway. That, that's their argument. She wanted to stop colonizing the earth, and at first she made these excuses. She said, oh, there's too many things that we need to kill. There's so much organic life. Um, and then her next was like, oh, but there are cities and it's difficult to dismantle. And then, so she couldn't get out of these excuses. So she made the character of Rose Quartz to say like, hey, you know, my life is being threatened over here. I might die, I might get hurt. Please, like, just let me stop colonizing this planet. Let's go, let's leave it. So Rose Quartz is the fake character. Pink Diamond is the real character. Is the real character. Rose Quartz is a fake. So Steven's a diamond. Steven's a diamond. She, a human like, diamond. Her, <laughs> Shit. There's a past life made the character of Rose Quartz. <laughs> And she made a rebellion against technically herself. Oh my gosh. Wow. So she's like sneaking around in this in this <laughs> alternate body as a quote unquote soldier, one of us from the Holy dirt, like no wrecking gem. Okay. But has the power to fight. And people were like so amazed by her because they saw that it's a quartz gem, but she has the power to heal, the the the, the power to create life in plants. The you know she's an all the ideal savior figure. For yeah, her. yeah, she's total DC hero. But it turns out <laughs> she's a diamond. So like that, that that explains a lot. Like that explains everything. Like oh, she's a diamond. That's so why she did all of all this. Those, so. Yes, exactly. Like everybody, everybody's wondering how why come the, a quartz yeah, can do quartz it. Quartz can do yeah. all of this because technically amethyst is also a quartz. Mm. They also meet a lot of other quartzes that are on like the human zoo in which Greg got kidnapped. Mm -hmm. So earlier I talked about how they used references Greg got kidnapped, yeah. Stephen had to save him. When he gets there, there's a human zoo where these ancient humans were entrapped and they don't have a concept of free will. So they, there's, a, there's like an entire choosing process. They don't choose their own romantic partners. Mm -hmm. It gets chosen for, chosen for them, mm -hmm. chosen. And like, their entire schedule, there's a there's a voice that goes, it's time to eat. <laughs> it's time to take a bath in the pool. 1984, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. It's totally that. Very Orwellian, I guess, if Ooh. that's the term. Yeah. It's, it's time to sit down and look at the clouds. I forgot what part of psychology has that, the cues and things. Uh, like cues? The, the, positive, the positive reinforcement. Yeah. Like, because I would imagine, you know, when they first kidnapped these people, they were, like, really sad. Yeah. And then they were, like... They get used to it. You you you. If if we make you if we make you happy, then you won't rebel. So that's what they did. It's like that that dog that dog signal thing in psychology. Uh, if you use the whistle, no no like treats. Mm. If you give them treats, you get this. Yeah. Get your so um, that 
kind of similarly done with children as well if you think about it yeah we do we do yeah that's exactly what we do um and now we realize that pink diamond was against this entire thing because it was an obstruction of the free will of humans um the entire show is also based a lot on carl Jung and his study of psychology we have to say goodbye to jude now goodbye. i have taken up all this time it's okay goodbye hey bye Anyway, so where were we? Yeah, so like the human zoo, Carl Young, Carl Young. Yeah. So before we move on, we're in Lucene today, which is a nice cafe in Via Falls. It's not, uh, adver- it's not an advertisement, but... It's not an advertisement, but like, it's thanks fun. to them for letting us use their second floor. Yeah. It's once again like the puzzle situation where we're using their second floor. Yeah. At least the, the music isn't as loud, at least. Yeah, I'm just worried about the It's a, the, it's the a very nice place and I really like their single origin coffee. Today the coffee that I got was from Benguet. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge nerd about coffee, so if you are too, this is a good place to go. And it's the same street as Magnum Opus. They own also each, which is um, Exchange Alley Coffee in Molito. So definitely if you're a coffee fan, this is the place to go. Where can we, where can we find this place? What's it's in Elizalde Biafomes mm. in the south. So anyway, we're continuing on touching on Carlion psychology, and I I want to talk about how Steven Universe relates to mythology mm-hmm. um, because Rebecca Sugar created these characters based off of um, old mythology. I, I mentioned Revolutionary Girl Utena and the message in Revolutionary Girl. Whenever they show the student council, they make this. They make this kind of motto, like each and every time they make this motto, and they say, um, the the bird before before a bird is born, it must first break out of its shell. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it will die without ever being born. Likewise, we too must um, destroy the world in order to be born. Um, and that is a line that is uh, taken from Demian by Herman Essay. I think this is the third time I mentioned. Yeah. And in that, in that book, there is a boy that is seeking guidance to become more mature and learn more about himself. Um, he, and, and that's essentially what Steven Universe is, is coming to grips with like, being more mature and realizing that being an adult isn't about going on gen missions. Yeah. It isn't about defeating monsters. Um, and it isn't about like your outward self, uh, which in season one he tries to shapeshift himself into an adult. Oh yeah, I think I kind of remember. Yeah, in too many birthdays. When he was kind of bald, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he he lost control of his um, shapeshifting powers that he aged yeah. too fast. Yeah. And then when when his body got tired, he just moved back into a baby. That entire thing, the like, adulthood is not an outward experience. It's the world that you shatter is not outside of you. The world that you shatter is your own beliefs and your own understanding of the world. And like going more inward is how you truly mature, which is how the entirety of Steven Universe works. It starts out as a kid's show, very funny with all of these things. He tries to shapeshift himself into an adult. He tries to go on missions. And then he realizes that he has to come to grips with grief, with realizing that his mom was a murderer, with understanding what the gems had to do what and like seeing all of his heroes and shattering this idea of hero worship 
and also shattering the idea of absolutes and absolute evils. Um, the man is heavily influenced by Carl Jung and his psychology, um, uh, his, his study of psychology. And while I'm not an expert of it, there's one there's one essential part of it, which is like the idea of duality and how the characters in Steven Universe are written to be imperfect. So you start of thinking it's a good versus evil show, but it becomes the show where you understand that the diamonds are just doing their job. They're just trying to serve their people, and they're grieving over the death of their sister slash daughter, and they're all doing what they're doing, not because they're evil, but because that's what they believe has been correct for the entire time. Like the only solution is war, but I'm gonna... The only solution to continue living for our people, and we must be leaders and we must take this responsibility. Is by killing each other? Or? By killing other forms of life in mm. order that our people might survive. Okay. Which, if you think about it, like colonizers in the past, um, uh, what do you call these people who did holy wars? Crusades. To, crusades. 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 Uh, people who did witch hunting. Um, the entire Duterte administration, I guess, by killing off the drug addicts, people who killed the poor. They think they're doing a good job. Thanos. They, they think they're doing a good job, but actually, like, they're not. But that's the duality of it. But at the same time, inversely, for this to happen, if we want to believe in the good side of heroes and the good motivations and the possibility for redemption and mercy, we also have to believe in that the inverse is true. Which is that the Crystal Gems, Rose Quartz, they also had wrong qualities about them. They also did wrong things. Sapphire and Ruby used to serve Blue Diamond. Um, Pearl shattered, like orchestrated this entire thing and lied for 5,000 years because she thought it was the right thing to do. Rose Quartz started a war because she thought it was the only way to save the earth from the gems and basically you have in order to become an adult you need to stop thinking that there's only one way in things and people are absolute but you have to accept that they're both right and wrong and they they have redeemable qualities and they also have wrong things they did that they need to be held accountable for and it's a sort of nuance that is refreshing and very welcome in kids' cartoons that for the longest time, like Powerpuff Girls, have been about absolute evil mm-hmm. and like superheroes and stuff like that. And you know, I don't think Bill Cipher is redeemable as a villain. I think he's an absolute evil. But if you think about Rebecca Sugar's source of writing from Adventure Time where she had to make Ice King, He's we not thought, evil. Yeah, we all thought he was a villain, but we all thought he was a villain, but he's not. He's actually one of the good guys, which confuses everything. There are no true villains and no true heroes, mm-hmm. and it's just people trying to do the best they can based on what they understand in themselves is correct. And to become mature, you must overcome that idea, which once again reflects on the fandom. Young people today, they think that. Things are absolute. And while I understand that, yes, you must make a stand, yes, you must not be neutral about things, but that does not excuse you from not thinking of other humans complexly. 
not thinking, not acknowledging the nuances in how other people think. Um, people are always so up in arms, um, and for me, I have been through that entire Tumblr life. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I honestly don't think that being a social justice warrior, quote unquote, is a bad thing. It's just kids realizing in their social sphere of what is right and wrong and wanting to to be right but you know the thing that gets lost is they think like Stephen yeah, everything has to be absolute everything has to be absolute and the way for them to be an adult is to be right all the time but actually you need to think of things in, in a manner of understanding that this isn't this isn't just one thing it, it can be a duality yeah. The person that you're fighting on the internet and you're calling a homophobe or a racist or something might actually like come from a place where they were also oppressed by certain kinds of people and they had this sort of bias that were built by it. Us in the Philippines, like for example, we, we would think about like, um, oh, the, the Chinese, they have this thing called the Great Wall. Yeah. For sure, but then if you think about where they're coming from, I, like... We also have to understand where these biases come from. They're not correct, but that doesn't make the Chinese people who believe that bad people inherently. Yeah. Like, their beliefs come from something separate. And we have to stop believing as people to be evil or like an absolute, like racism or colorism or homophobia is an absolute thing. It's just something that they grew up around. And if you want to believe in the possibility of their redemption, you also have to believe that good people make mistakes. Um, Rebecca Sugar has herself been called out for making um, fan art of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, yeah, that one. You know I've, that one. I've heard of it. It's, but that's the thing. Is she a perfect human? And in fact, in, in her time, that was a way for young people to explore the ideas of sexuality without having to do it in real life. Like they drew these characters and imagined what their relationships would be like if they had a physical relationship. These young relatable characters in their cartoons and in their anime and that's just what they were doing. So people calling her making, uh, people, people telling her that she made uh, pedophilia art or like it's child porn or whatever. I get where they're coming from, yeah. but it's not an absolute. Yeah. I, I kind of get it though. I mean, Loud House, Chris Avino supposedly had a bunch of sexual comics beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then when the Loud House came out, yeah. suddenly you can't find it on the internet anymore. It's like, oh, we know this, this, um, this show's target audience is going to be kids. Mm -hmm. If the kids found out, oh, it's going to be bad. Well, gonna, it would, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like, you can only be one thing. I think in, I'm not sure if it was Rebecca that said it in a podcast, yeah. but um, there was this one thing that she she did mention, like Carl Jung, yeah. and how she related it to brands, I think. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not sure if it was her that said this, but okay. definitely um, how brands, you, you create your persona as a brand, and then after that, people think that they know who you are better than yourself mm -hmm. and if you act contradictory to this identity that you built then you are no longer you and you are incorrect and if you can relate that to the show 
not just the the show itself, but its creators, like Lauren, Lauren being attacked for Lapidot, or like Rebecca being attacked for her childhood fan art, like she can't like as a public figure, you can never be anything else anymore. Yeah, that's so weird. Like, I think I think that's like the biggest sacrifice you make as a public figure is that you have to be this one exactly one like one thing like if you're Seth Green you're the geek guy mm-hmm. if you're well Donald Trump you're the billionaire guy with the TV show and stuff like that or like there's always that one category or like oh you're Chris Pratt you're the cool guy they can't be someone else when they truly are someone else yeah. the, the ones that suffer the most are those that started out good and then we learn of a bad quality about them so, um, I like top of my head Woody Allen and like oh, God, Bill Cosby. Yeah, Woody yeah. Allen would be like the weirdest situation because it's nobody's responding. Yeah, no, everyone knows it. It's an open secret. Everyone knows. Hey, Woody Allen is what like married to his adopted daughter or something like that. Yeah. 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 And, yet people, and then they say like, oh look, Jennifer Lawrence, the Me Too movement, and, and then, and yet Jennifer Lawrence is kind of hip, a hip, hypocrite because she's working with Woody Allen, or something like that. I, I'm not sure on that front, but yeah, like Jennifer Lawrence is a is a two sided character. Also, like she she has so many good redeeming qualities, but she's also imperfect, and you can't call her a bad person. But at the same time, you can't say that she shouldn't be held accountable for the wrong things she's said or like the wrong ideas that she's um, held on to. Mm-hmm. Um, people backlash on like Megan Trainer. Why? Because um, they said all about that base is just in like an inverse kind of thing, and um, an inverse of what? I'm, I'm sorry. Because in, in the song, she says. Uh, we're bringing booty back. Uh-huh. Tell the skinny bitches that. Uh, so it's kind of like saying. Oh, like girl, uh, skinny girls are bad. But like skinny girls are bad. Like, like you know, you, you came from a place of oppression for your size, and then you're gonna just like flip it. Mm-hmm. And I understand that inverse, the inverse of structural, um, structural marginalization is not correct. Like, there's no inverse racism. There's no inverse. Um, fat shaming but that doesn't make you correct in saying that but it doesn't also make your song bad like your future husband was also like questionable because of the video being like you know very 50s housewife Um, but then at the same time the video was like I don't need all of those things you can buy me pizza and we're cool right so it's also not a bad idea. So it's like a mix of things. You can be both. You can be both good and bad. You can be correct and wrong. And we can separate those things because you are a person and you have both in you. Once again, Carlo. Um, th- that thing, and like Rose Quartz being a brand of herself, of like a symbol of love and goodness and wanting to save the earth and human free will blah 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 <laughs> but in truth she's Pink Diamond who started a war to like escape from she escape started from a war responsibilities yeah, yeah, yeah she's a brat that didn't want to face the facts that she was a murderer 
So instead, she ran away from home and faked her suicide. Mm. When in truth, she's in the belly button of her son. Yeah, so, you know, you, you see her diamonds, like, grieving over her thousands and thousands of years later. Her species crippled by the lack of resources because she refused to colonize the planet. Um, so much so that they're experimenting on gem shards, you know, and the fact that, no, when you, when you did this, it didn't exactly save the rest of the gems. They all died, mm -hmm. and it's your fault. There's an episode where, it's a flashback episode where Greg is telling the story of how, it's basically how I met your mother, okay. Crystal Gem style. Okay. He was a teenager um, doing, te doing rock concerts, and his gig was space. He changed his name legally to Universe. <laughs> so he, and like the only person who attended this concert was Royce Quartz. Mm -hmm. And he fell in love with the girl. And like, he asked her, do you ever miss your home? No. And like, he was like, I don't even know anything about you. Like, we never talk about you. It's always been about me. And she was like, she was like, that's a good thing. She, like she's the most secretive. She's the most secretive. Manipulating. Manipulative. Yeah. And flawed, a terrible leader who doesn't make decisions and she doesn't make herself accountable to those decisions. Instead, she keeps doing what she thinks is fun. She she did this entire shtick because she just thought that humans are fun. And they had free will and there's no case system. It's like, oh, this is cool. I want to do this. But at the same time, you can see in Rose her absolute resentment of herself. She hates herself so much. She does know that she's a failed leader. And that's exactly the reason why she believed that if she died, if she committed practically suicide, yeah. if, if she ran away and disappeared forever, she said blue, and di blue diamond and yellow diamond wouldn't care. They wouldn't. She didn't expect for the corruption light to happen because she thought they wouldn't come back for her. She didn't think that they would fight for her or would even care that she died. Because when she when she made the false rebellion, just basically to say, oh look, my life is being threatened, let's stop colonizing this planet, she got scolded by her like parental figures, Blue Diamond basically telling her, enough with your excuses. This insurgency won't hurt you. Nothing's gonna happen to you. Like, stop making these excuses and go do your job as a leader. So Bing Diamond is a character in the flashbacks only? She's not like in the current... Yeah, yeah, she's ah, only okay. in the flashbacks. Okay, gets, gets, gets. It, when Steven falls asleep and dreams, yeah. she accesses a different part of her own memories. Okay. So, she, so that's how Steven finds out, mm -hmm. basically. And it's so painful to see this character who... At first, feels so disrespected. She, she's a diamond, but she's made to feel like an absolute child. Yeah. The moment that she finds, like, she gets some responsibility, she realizes that she's going to fail at those responsibilities. And then, when she, like, she, she fails her entire race, and she fails her entire court, and then she goes off and fights a rebellion for the human beings because she thought she was doing the right thing and fails at that, she believed in her heart of hearts that nobody loved her, that if she died and disappeared, nobody would care. And she did it, and still at the same time, 
She still failed to save the crystal gems. She still failed and she had to, like every day of her life, fight these quote-unquote monsters to bubble them and protect them because she doesn't know what to do for them anymore. It's so horrifying. She hates herself so much that she thinks it's a good thing that Greg never meets the previous life that she lead, that she led because she believed in herself to be an irredeemable character. And maybe that's also the reason why she believed that making a new human is great because a new human would be free from all of these, from her past life, would be free from the shackles and the restraints and like the role that she was born to play. She would be free from the branding that she needed to portray. That Rose Quartz is a hero, Pink Diamond is a leader, but no, you, Steven, you get to be a human being and that's the best thing you can be. You get to be anything, you get to do anything with your life. And she has a line that basically goes like, every day when you feel love, that's me loving you. Within, like, within you loving you. And that's just it, it's just so... I went, went, I got into the idea of... Have you ever seen Dear Evan Hansen? No. The musical? So it's a musical about a kid who commits suicide. Okay. And a boy who has to lie and pretend that he's best friends with this suicidal boy. Um, it happens that he... Um, Evan is writing letters to himself in therapy. And one day wrote a letter to himself about how sad he was and how alone he was. And um, one day he bumps into this boy, the suicidal one, and he was so troubled and like using drugs and his family hated him and he didn't have any friends. And he bumped into this guy and sees the letter and thought, are you mocking me? Like, is this letter about me? So, um, he gets angry at the guy and takes his letter and crumples it up. But when this boy commits suicide, people find in his belongings this letter. And it says, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, so they thought Evan Hansen is his best friend. So he, and he tries to tell the truth, but yeah. then people start breaking down and crying in his family. And because they thought that, oh, this is his best friend, like, okay. So he couldn't say anything. He had to, like, come up with a lie that he was, he was um, this guy's best friend. But through this entire ruse of him lying, he had to make a speech and an entire anti-suicide campaign about no one deserves to be forgotten, no one deserves to fade away. Um, and then in, in his speech, he sings about how you are not alone. Um, and there's a line that that goes like, yeah, so no one deserves to be forgotten, no one deserves to fade away. I feel like when I saw this entire arc about Pink Diamond believing that nobody loves her and no one would fight for her if she died, is very much like the suicidal kid in this musical. That at the start of the musical, his entire family was like, oh, he's using drugs again. And like, Connor, you're so annoying. I hate you so much. Wait, Connor you're, is the guy the, 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 who read the, the letter? The, the suicidal boy. 
So Connor is the one who died, or Evan has Con- Connor is the one who died. Ah, okay. Evan is the main character. Evan's the main character. Evan is the main character. Okay, okay, yes. The one who lied for him. Okay. Um, and like, through all of these letters, it is through Connor that Evan admits to himself and to people how he's been feeling the entire time. Alone, forgotten, like he could disappear at any moment. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's him projecting onto to Connor. But yeah, when I saw Pink Diamond and this entire scene at the beginning where people were scolding him, and then I saw the scene in Steven Universe where people were scolding Pink Diamond for being a failure and he's a disappointment. She's a disappointment to her family. And then just her like practically committing suicide, I was like, that is so sad. The saddest thing is for Pearl. Because she loved her. She loved her very much. Um, in season one, she, she was crying. Um, per, uh, Pearl was crying about how Rose Quartz made her feel like everything. And now we realize that Pearl, a loyal servant, did everything for Rose Quartz and m- did like took on this responsibility of poofing her and staging her death because Rose Quartz promised that this is the way that we can be together forever on Earth. But throughout those thousands of years, it was revealed that there were so many men that like Rose Quartz had affairs with, and like she fell in love with Greg, and that's the reason why like Pearl is so angry at Greg. Because at the end of it all, he gets to have her last. Oh. So Pearl shit. took on the responsibility of practically killing her diamond, she took on the, like, she killed in a war and staged a rebellion and kept her secrets just to see her comrades die. The earth is not safe. Thousands of years later, she loses Rose Quartz slash Pink Diamond, the very person she fell in love with, to a human being that she worked hard to save. I'm here to save humans, but you took the person that I love away from me. Ah. And then she gets born in a thing, and she can't hurt that thing because it's also her. There's a scene in a flashback where Pearl looks at the baby, Steven as a baby, yeah. and thinks for a second to reach out and pluck out his gemstone. Oh. And she was sincerely contemplating on killing this child just to have Rose Quartz back. It was so difficult. And in this new episode of Singopia Rose, we can see Pearl's ultimate grief about losing her forever and dealing with the fact that she has to watch this child grow up and he has no idea who she is anymore. He will never, like, he's Pink Diamond basically, but he will never know her. He will never love her again the same way. And he will never be her anymore. And it's just so tragic. That's pretty much all we could say, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's there's, a, there's a line in Hamilton mm-hmm. where Aaron Burr, uh-huh. after he killed Hamilton, said, He may have been the first one to die, but I paid for it. I survived, but I paid for it. Oh. I feel like that's a line for Pearl. Nice. 
Yeah, I guess that's a good way to end episode. I think this is gonna be episode four. <laughs> Where can we find you on social media, if ever? On social media, I am Thoughtspresso, T H O U G H T S P R E S S O. That is thoughts as in brain and espresso as in coffee. Yes, yeah. um, you can find me on WordPress, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with the same name. And if you are a Steven Universe fan already, you can sign up for Amino. My account is of the same name, and there I post theories. Previously, I posted a theory on why Pink Diamond could have been hiding as a pop star. <laughs> Um, Pink Diamond um, Pearl being owned by Emerald I listed down all of the references and how it parallels to Revolutionary Girl uh, Utna and in the future my upcoming post is going to be about the parallels of Egyptian mythology (laughs) with Steven Universe and all of the references from Utna and what this could mean for the identity of White Diamond so if you guys are up for that, please do sign up for an amino and follow me and say hi. Say that the geeky one sent you here. And you can find me at Stevie Said Yup. Uh, that's S-T-E-V-I-E-S-A-I-D-Y-U-P. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's about it. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time and hopefully not as long as the next Steven Universe I Bye! Bye!